Hey, Satori Shakur, coming to you live from WDET in Detroit. Our next storyteller, Carlos Nielbach. Born to a biracial couple, American-born black father, German-born mother. Leaves Germany, he comes on a quest in search of his father. Lands in Detroit and goes on the most remarkable reunion and journey that you ever heard. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. Carlos Nielbach. Uh, good evening. Uh, my name is Carlos Nielbach, and I'm so privileged uh, to tell you about my story, which starts with my dad, who um, migrated from West Virginia and escaped uh, other poverty there and uh, migrated to Detroit and joined his brothers uh, looking for fame and fortune. He ended up joining the army, United States Army. He found himself on his way to Germany, which uh, America occupied after World War II. And he was a black GI, real good looking, and um, full of energy, and I think he wanted to um, prove himself. And uh, he found himself with all those limitations. It was black bathrooms and white bathrooms and all those different things that different races have to do. And uh, he met my mother, which was a white woman, and they fell in love, and out came me. And, uh, <laughs> The army didn't really like that so much, so they sent him back to the United States and I stayed behind with my mother in Germany. My mother real good looking too. So uh, as time went by, she met a fella who fell in love with her and my dad was far away in the United States and at that time it was made clear to both of them that that's not going to happen. Black people and white people don't mix and they don't have no kids. My dad was um, sent to the Upper Peninsula um, where there was an Indian reservation close by and he found another companion. And so I have another sister, she is Indian. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah. Uh, that's just on the side, but uh, so. so. I grew up in Germany, all really charged, and uh, like I say, my mother fell in love again with a fellow named Heinz Nielbach, and who adopted me, and he really realized that there's a hard time um, between an interracial kid growing up there in post-war Nazi Germany, where all the people kind of look the same, I was protected by my dad. And actually, he was affluent in the city and they had a cabaret, a Moulin Rouge type of uh, establishment that was well known in the city, which everybody uh, frequent kind of. And he was uh, influential and made sure that I got a good education, that I was accepted in the schools, that I was um, education that German young man of my stature and age just got. And I was, I was integrated by my dad. He made sure that I was like um, not harmed in any kind of way. 
So as I grew up and um, I kind of figured out that I'm not the 100% German person. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I saw on TV James Brown and Bob Marley and, oh my God, and Muhammad Ali and all kind of other people that identified kind of with them, kind of liked them. <laughs> and other people looked at me kind of at the... Uh, so, um, to get somewhat of an education that was geared towards me, I find myself in a monastery, a monastery that teaches young men uh, a skill trait. And those monks, they was in that monastery, they was uh, exercising the skill traits that you might find in a Catholic church, like stained glass windows and Bible binding and you know, wood carving and just all kind of great skill trades. They're hundreds of years old. They was passed on from one trades master to the next and so forth. And I immediately liked it, the guy who did the fire and the blacksmith and this sort of stuff. And I liked it, all the action, and I was on and, um, you know, tried to get that education and... Uh, but I wasn't really accepted by those trade master who really ruled this entire metal fabricating shop. He was an old guy with one eye and shoveled in and <laughs> people bowed to him and got him a chair and set him, put him his fire on and he just put in the raw material iron in the fire and made it hot and hammered around on it and out came the rose, a beautiful ornaments and things like this and I wanted to do that and but uh, the skill trades is like a privileged type of thing that when the trade master likes you then he passed that kind of on to you he favors you and he pass on all that knowledge to you but I wasn't the candidate so I kind of <laughs> looked at what they was doing and when they told me to clean up the shop after it was done I took the fire out, made it back on, and I monkeyed up exactly the same thing about this stuff. And little by little, I became good in it, and so after a few tries and errors, I uh, became the jobs, you know, just give it to Carl, he, you know, and so I uh, graduated, and I got this really good education as a on blacksmiths, and after that, I joined the national uh, service in Germany. Every young man has to go, and after that, I really wanted to only be in business for myself. But that wasn't really possible because in Germany, you have to be a skilled tradesman for a long time and belong to those guilds that, you know, doing all those rituals for a long time and all this stuff, and. Um, that was all too long for me, and they really told me that it was no way that I'm working on the castle or on this church or any, you know. And so I opened up my own business. I uh, got a few jobs and was independent, and I felt good. And um, some way, somehow, I had to find my dad, and I was really stagnant, and it was not really that what I wanted to do. And I remembered all my good buddies that I had in Germany that was 
British soldiers. These British soldiers came from Jamaica, and of course I want to go to Jamaica. But before Jamaica, I had to go to my dad and see if I can find out about my real dad here in Detroit City. So I went to a traveling agency and said, I gotta go to Jamaica, and first I gotta go to Detroit, find my dad. And they told me I gotta go to, <laughs> to New York, and from New York you catch a Greyhound, then you're gonna go. So I end up here in Detroit, and you know, uh, the bus driver told the ticket person right there, I said, look, this guy, you gotta watch him. Uh, he looking for his dad. <laughs> and I had a letter from Helen Street, they were on the east side of Detroit, right east side. And the ticket person said, yeah, I got a brother, he's a cab driver and he drives you there. And before you know it, I was on Helen Street between Charlevoix and Werner. The house was abandoned, yeah. So I sat there and just, get up myself and I thought maybe the neighbors know, you know. And before you know it, I found the uncle and the uncle had my cousins and he lived down the street with his girlfriend. I get to know all this family and so many black people I never seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of was like, you know, and they kind of looking at me like, kind of like cousin, you know, yeah, yeah. So they fanned out and looked for my dad and about an hour later and after a lot of Kool-Aid and... <laughs> he walked in the door, he walked in the door and I'm standing there and I'm like... <laughs> and he like, how long you stay? You know, I like, I don't know, you know. So, so uh, he invited me to come to his girlfriend and they prepared already a room for me and I just settled in and I just said to myself, you're gonna stay here, you know. <laughs> and so, so, so the next day I'm, you know, they show me around and I'm, I'm see Detroit for the first time and I'm seeing all those skyscrapers and houses and Cadillacs and Lincolns and all my God. Me from a little town, you know, 65,000 people and a lot of cows around and just nothing like this right here. And um, I had this little uh, workshop in Germany, my little art studio and pictures and I showed everybody, look what I'm doing. I'm, you know, I'm good with my hands and I'm doing this metal work and uh, people say, yeah, that's nice, uh, but, but nobody buy this here, you know. <laughs> you gotta go to Hollywood where the rich people are. <laughs> I end up to drive to Hollywood, you know, <laughs> and that's where I learned um, English and um, I learned, you know, America and it was really strenuous on me to the point that I, after a year, I had to, I want to just go home, you know, 
<laughs> and I want to admit defeat, and I just wanted to go home. And uh, I, w I called the consulate, and I said, I can't do it no more. I, I, I overstayed my visa, and I got to go. <laughs> I got to go back home and say, okay, uh, you know, you got to go from Detroit because that's where you came. So from California back to Detroit with the Greyhound, took a few days. <laughs> and... When I arrived in Detroit, I was really, um, it was at nighttime, I was tired and I had nowhere to go, and it was just the house on Helen Street where nobody was, and I just got there and got in there and found a room, and next morning I was gone in any which way, so uh, fell asleep, and in the morning I heard birds, like birds, like beautiful birds, and I opened my eyes and looked out the window. There was this almost a, a garden like in a paradise, you know, uh, roses and fragrance and birds and little, little colored windmills that spin around and, I mean, like things like unbelievable, like Tyree Garden kind of, you know, but more brilliant. <laughs> and... Um, that was my dad's private garden that he um, put together uh, of his memory of his travels when he was in Algiers and Germany and saw this castle and this castle and the rose garden and here and there. And he just made himself a little world, you know, and I woke up there and I looked around and looked around some more, and before you know it, I just threw my ticket away. I just <laughs> got new courage. And um, I, um, I, w I really wanted to try it one more time. And, you know, I, I'm trying to, from that, from that point on, I, I'm trying to understand my dad. I, I learned the language. I'm Ann DeLisi. I'm Rob Reinhardt. And we're about to bring back the perfect opportunity to honor your favorite pet and support WDET. During our spring fundraiser, Ann and I will combine our shows so you can honor your dog. Or your cat. Or your dog. And WDET with a gift of support. We're looking forward to hearing about your pets, no matter what kind of cat that is. Cats and dogs and any other pet you may have will be part of our fundraiser. And if you can't wait till the weekend, make your gift now at WDET.org. Give. Or call 800-959-9338. I trying to understand how come he never came back to, um, you know, look for me. Or, and the more I try to understand him and I try him to understand me, um, there was just no connection, kind of. The connection wasn't there. And... I some kind of way made my mind up like this is my dad and you came all the way from here and you know I got a, got a ring through him some kind of way and I made my mind up at that point really I do everything to be a good son to him so he have to like me. I am just told him, I say, look, I'll stay here. I'll be a good son to you. You know, and he say, okay, well, you got to get a job with the city, you know. <laughs> got to get a job. I said, no, no, really, I'm, uh, you know, businessman, entrepreneur. <laughs> so how much is this going to pay? <laughs> so <laughs> it took three years, me staying in this house right there against his will, 
you know, trying to convince him that, that not going to work nine to five is really the way to go. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and why I'm trying to do this, I'm, I'm trying to go to school and I'm trying to get some kind of degree in fine arts or some kind of handle on how to make money and how to be a man and how to do stuff and he would be hustling and working his job and have money and doing all kind of stuff. The first opportunity of any restoration that happened in Detroit was the restoration of the Fox Theater. And when I heard about that and it was big proclaimed, I put my suit back on and just walked straight to the trailer, to the building trailer there, construction trailer. And I told him, my name is Carlos Nielberg from Germany, and I'm here to take care of all of your metal needs. <laughs> you know? And it really led to a substantial contract that in interim uh, gave me enough finances to restore the house that my dad had to the point that how, when it was originally built, the floor sanded, the moldings done, everything. And I built a workshop in the backyard, uh, like, you know, my studio. And I operated out of there for 15 to 20 years. And I made so much business out of it and grow so much out of it. You know, uh, I got to say thank you to all my neighbors, too, because I was welding and doing blacksmithing in the middle of a block, a residential area. <laughs> Grinding in a two o'clock at nighttime, and uh, you know, blue light coming out of all of my <laughs> windows. So, <laughs> so I outgrew that, and I found another building on Eastern Market, and I was able to do the same thing. I was apply my skill traits, bought the building for cheap, and restored it with my own hands and with the help of my buddies and. And, um, you know, was able to grow my business. And, you know, my son, he do the same thing that I do. You know, I'm, we had many conversations and, oh, don't do this and you gotta listen and all this kind of stuff. But at the end, he do what I do, you know. <laughs> my daughter right there, uh, the youngest daughter, she is my business administrator. I don't even know how to sign a check or anything. You know, she really steered my whole thing around. Everybody been through the rough times since 2012, I have to tell you. And my other daughter, she made me a proud granddaddy. So I'm a granddaddy now, and my father's a great granddaddy. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's getting old now, and he can't drive no more, but I know he is just a happy man looking back, and kind of that's my story. Twisted Storytellers Podcast is a production of WDET in Detroit. Recorded live at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History by Rassam Cherry. Sound design and mix by Sam Bobian and Rowan Nemisto. Podcast coordinator Joan Isabella. And special thanks to Michael Perkins. I'm your host, Satori Shakur, and thank you, MGM Grand, for supporting Season 3 of the Twisted Storytellers Podcast. See y'all next time! <laughs>